Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life. And the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. And today you're in for a treat. We have another um, tremendous story that is life-changing and life-altering. You're going to feel it. You're going to see it. Great conversations, great nuggets, and great in perspective of what to do, what not to do, how to do it. Guys, this business is so crazy. I love it. I love being in the multifamily syndication game. I love the other aspects of making money. And my next guest is going to share a remarkable story that I know you'll relate to. You're going to get a lot of juice out of it. And hopefully it'll touch you, right? Because I know it did me. But before we do that, though, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everyone. 2023 is the year where new millionaires are made. And it's time to take action. A lot of things have changed in multifamily. And you need to know what is working now. You must learn how to raise cheap capital correctly. You need the systems to unlock unlimited deal flow. And you need a support team to guide you along the way. So guess what? The Kahuna boardroom is now open. We only have space for about 60 people. And I'm telling you, this event is next level. We do it right. We do it well. And I will teach you. I will give you everything that I've learned. Now, I only have space for 60 people. And this is really the course that will get you there. So it's three days of live training, a full home study course, our trusted cash flow calculator, to underwrite your deals. And if you enroll now, I'll include five bonus training sessions building up to the live event. So listen, do not waste a single minute. Go to the Kahuna boardroom. I've just lowered the price to $997 for only 60 people get to attend this event. You want that to be you. So go to kahunaboardroom.com and register today. You will not be disappointed, my friend. All right, we're back. So Listen, I'm just telling you this next guest is going to blow you away, right? And so I don't want to hold it up. Let's get to it. Kayla, welcome to the show, brother. Corey, thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited about this one because we have history and it's going to be really neat to see and unpack this episode with you because I understand your journey a little bit and it's really amazing. So if everybody listening right now, I'm just going to tell you this is going to be a great podcast. I'm just I'm going to prophesize. We've not even started. We had a little discussion before how we were going to kick it off, but I'm just telling you, hold on. This one's going to be full of nuggets and just like the stuff that you need to hear. So Caleb, with that said, give a bit of a brief introduction of who you are. Yeah. So my name is Caleb Johnson, based here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been investing for about the last six years. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Both my parents were W-2 workers and so saw what they had and I did not want that for my own life and knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, have my own life, you could say, in my hands and responsibility. So that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, that's the only way to go, man. If you're new to this podcast, mm-hmm. this is what it's called the cash for life is what I call it, but it's where you have time and money. And I know a lot of people that have one. I very rarely see people that have both. Like some people that have a lot of time, but they ain't got no money. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of money and you couldn't steal 30 minutes from them. Right. Mm-hmm. And the challenge, I think what we all desire is to have both. 
And so Caleb is well on his way for that. But Caleb, let's back up for a minute. Let's talk about where we first met, because this is where a pivotal moment, I think, in your life, where we first met. And so I'd love for you to tell everybody a little bit about that story. Yeah, I love telling that story and I tell it often. So about three years ago, I had been investing in residential real estate for about three years. And I had the mentality that I would invest in residential for about five years, gain some experience, and then level up into commercial real estate. I knew commercial was just where wealth was created and it's where the big boys played. And and that's just where I knew I would move into eventually. So I was always a component of networking and real estate meetups. And so I went to this real estate meetup at a barbecue restaurant and the big kahuna was speaking there. I had no idea who you were at that moment. And again, that was my first apartment meetup. Just listening to your story and two things changed my life from that meeting. One was I learned that you're going to be green regardless of when you start in commercial, right? Because your story is you had some residential experience, wholesaling, and then you just got into commercial and it's a different beast. And so my mentality of wanting to get five years of residential experience, and then I would have the experience I needed to get into commercial wasn't true, right? I was going to be green regardless because it's two completely different worlds. So that was one. And then the second thing was you shared your first deal. And without going into too much weeds of that deal, you bought it and after two years, sold it. And you yourself made $2 million. And my mind was blown when I heard that because there's no way that you could do that in residential, right? You can't buy something and then sell it within two years on one property and make that much money. Just for the record, it was five, but it's okay. It was five million. Okay, that's even better. No, no, only five years. Oh, okay, okay. And we made probably five million, a little bit less than that. But my take on that was two million from my side. Okay, I'm with you. Just for anybody that's listening, they're like, "Wait, that doesn't make sense." What Corey said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, you can't do that in residential. But it's pretty damn close. So keep rolling, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't do that in residential. And that really showed me if you want wealth creation to get into commercial. So from that moment on, I really started pursuing commercial real estate and put residential behind me. And not saying residential is a bad asset class to be in. I definitely think it can create cash flow and it can help create financial freedom. But if you want to create wealth, commercial real estate is the way to go. Two different things that we're talking about, financial freedom and wealth, right? Mm-hmm. I always like to make the analogy, and this is old, and don't forgive me for saying this, but and this is probably chauvinistic, but like when you're rich, you can go to a car dealership and you can pick out any car. You'd be like, that's the one I want, and you pay for it cash. When you're wealthy, you can let your wife do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's oh, that's right. so bad, dude. Oh, I see the comments now happen to me. <laughs> Caleb, what's funny is I remember that event. That was uh, my good friend Dallin Schultz with Rev Multifamily had put on an event and he asked me to come as a guest speaker. And I said yes, because it was a local and it was just right down the street. It's like, get the barbecue. So I was like, oh, it's great. I'll show up. And he's much more organized now than he was back then. That was like, he just started coming into his own. And I don't know, there was probably about what, 40 people, 50 people there, maybe? Something. Yeah, it was good. It felt pretty filled up in that room. Mm-hmm. I won't forget that event because I'm telling you, I knew that I connected with some people in the audience. I didn't know it was you, Kayla, but I just felt 
when I was telling this story of what it was and what it felt like, and I think I went into, it was a deeper, passionate story of my why, right? And why this was the right case. And it was different. It's not the same as single family. It's totally different, right? And for Mm -hmm. you, you took that message, it sunk in and you're like, yep, he's right. I need to start now. Yeah. And it did sink in. And yeah, that catapulted me forward. Amazing. And then your next steps is like, what? So where did you go from there? Because this was like three, four years ago? About three years ago. That was December of 2020. So yeah, almost three years. So from there, I actually met my first partner there. He already had some experience and me getting new into the industry. I wanted to add value to someone that had that experience. And I leveraged that, especially being a professional. So I wanted to start raising capital. I thought just with my connections with investors and my experience in networking, that would be the easiest route for me. And it turned out that was a lot harder than I thought it would be. So talk about my first deal and how I got some equity actually first was going to Net and Correxy and sourcing off-market properties. And you might be thinking, well, LoopNet and Correxy, that's not off-market properties is kind of like the MLS for commercial real estate. But the way I leveraged that was I went on LoopNet and I found a market that I wanted to invest in. At the time, it was Oklahoma City. And I found the multifamily properties and the broker's contact information of properties that fit my buy box. So from 20 to 50 units. And even if a broker had listed a property that did not pique my interest, I still wrote out contact information and I called them up and said, Hey, I see you have this listed. It's not my buy box, but do you have anything in this price range? Or do you know of anyone that wants to sell? And that's how I sourced my first off-market property. And that's how we actually sourced, how I sourced the next four offerings. And they were three of the four were all off-market through that strategy. Yep. Of just going to loop and finding those off market offers. Awesome. So I want to back up too. I just want to unpack a little bit more too, because this is a misconception. Everybody thinks that raising money is going to be not that hard. Like I've got contacts, I know people. And when you start down that path, it gets very real very quick. Where it's like, oh, no one really wants to deploy capital with someone that's kind of brand new in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that right. they won't right? But you did the next best thing, Caleb, which is the easiest way to get into deals is to find a partner that is already able to do. And then you add value, which was A, you went and found the deal, right? Everybody, even Corey Peterson has students that goes and finds deals and he partners with them. Why? Because like that makes my life easy. I don't have to do all the grinding trying to have the broker relations, right? And broker relations is not hard either. It's just a consistency game, right? Now, Mm -hmm. the other part of that too, just so I want to just put a little caveat in there is when you're raising capital, it gets easier. You will start raising more and more chunks as you go, but don't expect to raise. And there is no golden $1 million check writers. If you'll get that out of your mind, they will show up later, but they'll never show up when you're first starting. All right, Mm -hmm. let's go with wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience raising on my first offering. It was a small 16-unit apartment building. And I had this big, long list of contacts I was going to call. I've heard people say you want to have your A list, your B list, and your C list. The A's are people you know that have money. They're real estate investors. And then there's the C list, which you think, I don't even know if this person has money to deploy. But I called everyone on the list, A's, B's, and C's. And 
no one wanted to invest with me. And I was like, oh, this is going to get interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I have this property under contract. And so praise God, my partner, he did introduce me to an investor who brought another investor. And so we ended up getting the deal done and raising the capital for it. But it was definitely a wake-up call and that it's going to be a lot harder than I thought. Right. Okay. So that's the first deal. So you get a deal. You get, you're in a deal, right? You got you and a partner. You found a, someone to partner up with. He actually helped bring, made the introduction to someone that's going to work for you guys. You're like, boom. All right. Got it. All right. This is in Oklahoma City, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys, of course, now you live in Phoenix, right? So talk about how you, how did you build your team? So building the team, I had been building the team of the property manager and the lenders and those resources while I was sourcing these properties in that market. And over time, I had looked at a couple deals with a couple different operate or excuse me, a couple different vendors, lenders, and trying to shop the best rates. And it really just happened over time. And we got to the point of, I looked at one PMA, which is a property management agreement. And I found this company that I thought was great and we would work with them. And we got to that finish line, but found they had a slew of fees that would kill our returns. But it really just happened over time. And you kind of learn those things as you go. But I know I would not have learned that and experienced that and gotten the deal done if I just would not have taken the first step. So starting is key. Failing forward is the way you do it, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you're doing new stuff, I mean, like there's a benefit to analyzing and trying to do all this stuff, but there's also the part where you just got to jump out of the airplane and build the parachute as you're going down. And fear is a great motivator, like, oh gosh. And so it really helps sharpen the senses and puts you into massive action. And I think that's what you did is you went into massive action and you started solving the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So- then now, as you've gotten to this point, so that's your first deal. So now let's talk about the second. So for everybody listening right now, what's your total portfolio right now? We own five assets across three states, totaling 87 units, one right. retail facility. And what's the total value? Maybe asset center management, we'll call it. Say 10 to $9 million. Boom. And how old are you? 25. Okay. That's the part I need to drop the mic. <laughs> so here we talk. We've not even talked about Caleb's age yet, right? If you're watching this on YouTube, you're realizing he's not gray like Corey. <laughs> he's got that baby face, right? He's 25 now. <laughs> he was 22 when he had this idea and he came out. We met for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of amazing, right? So that's saying, okay, a 22 year old is going out. So that makes my whole capital raising piece of it maybe a little bit different as you're listening, as you guys are listening to this podcast right now. We didn't tell that, I kind of think, purposely. I didn't want to say it, right? And then it just, the way we just spilled it out now is even better because now you go back and you think about what was just talked about. Didn't it work as well? That's part of maybe just being young, right? To have nobody say yes, right? Because that's not typical. Usually somebody might would, right? But let's talk about as you started getting traction, where are you at with money raising now? Do you feel like you're getting more responses? What's the difference? Where are you at now? I do definitely have more responses, more engagement once. Right now, it's challenging to find offerings to begin with. Yep. You know, we're in Q2 of 2023. So those conversations are better, especially people that have already invested with us. They're right. more receptive to that. So it has gotten easier. And you'll find as you get on your career, here's what's going to challenge you, right? This is always what's challenged me. 
is your appetite gets bigger, right? So those small deals tend to change into big deals and then they get into really big deals and the amount of money you have to raise uh, kind of goes up exponentially as well which is a great problem to have. Every deal I've ever raised, almost, I've always been a little bit nervous, right? And saying, am I challenging myself enough? Can I, do I have it? Will I be able to bring it in, right? And then it always just seems to happen. And that first one, now let's go back to that first deal though. How did that feel when you closed? Oh, it was definitely nerve wracking leading up to that moment. But once it was closed, it was such a praise God moment, but it was probably not as much celebration as one might think. It was really hitting the ground running. We have investor capital at play, and that's something I don't want to joke around with and take for granted. So we wanted to hit the ground running and just get right to renovating the units and just updating the property. So we hit the ground running pretty hard. Yeah. Exactly. There's a moment of reflection. You're like, wow, we did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's probably a pretty good feeling too. Right. Now, Kayla, what did your parents think? Oh, my parents, they still question what I do, but they... They don't know yet. Right. Yeah. Well, they were proud. I mean, they know, but like, but yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was very blessed. You know, my parents, they're very proud of me and I've been blessed with that. And I know a lot of people, they don't have that. So they're proud of me. But they still probably, do they understand exactly what you do? Probably not really, right? Not really. They know I own some buildings and buy real estate. So we have actually one win I'd say, especially lately is my mom's wanted to invest with me. So she has some capital that she wants to deploy. And that's, I didn't go into my why, but she's a big part of my why. And so she's planning for retirement. And so she wants to invest in Caleb. I take that's very weighty for me. And I don't want to take that for granted. That's top of the chain, dude. Yeah. 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 I want to make you cry, Caleb. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's get in there. Let's go. Let's go there. Think about mom for a minute. Mm Because I will tell you, there is no greater feeling. I bought my parents a house, right? And I got to give them the keys. And my parents were hard workers and didn't plan for retirement, right? They've just been blue collar all their lives. And my dad can't work, truly. He's got such a bad back. It was a great feeling to be like, not only do I give them a house, but I give them money too. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm very proud to do it and glad to do it, right? Some of my brothers and sisters, they don't, well, of course, they don't share that burden. That's just Corey's burden. But Corey put the burden on himself. And I'm okay with that. But I will tell you, there's not a bigger blessing, I think, sometimes than just taking care of the ones that probably shaped and molded you and made Caleb into the person that he is and gave you enough freedom to say, do it your way. And it's okay. You don't have to follow our steps. We want more for you. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to remind you, the Kahuna Boardroom is open and it's live. And I just want to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, anybody that's attended this event, I'm telling you right now that they have been blown away. And the reason for that is, you know how you go to most events and there's a bunch of selling and this, you need that, you need my next course, you need all this other upsell stuff. Like the event that you go to is really not the one that you really need. That's not this. I spend three days teaching you everything that I know. I give you all my forms, all my stuff. And most importantly, if... (laughs) I introduce you, I give you my credibility kit. In other words, we make one for you guys, but because I put myself as your partner, I get to include all my properties in your credibility kit with your branding, your colors. 
I don't know who else does that, but I'm telling you just for that alone, it is worth the $9.97 just to get in. So if you're looking to change your life in 2023 and really level up, I highly recommend that you go to kahunaboardroom.com and register now. April 27th through the 29th is when the event starts. So when is the Kuna Boardroom? It's April 27th through the 29th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Guys, you will not want to miss the event. The weather's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful time. And I would love, love to see you there. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah, praise God. And you were a big part of that. You gave me the motivation to start doing that and really opened my eyes to take the blinders off. So thank you, Corey, for getting me here. Yeah, right on, man. Hey, we'll maybe both cry at the end. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So now going on this journey, right, is not for the weak of heart, but like, but it's very doable. So what do you think your top lessons that you've learned? You've been in it for three years, really solid. What's your biggest, what's your big three takeaways, Caleb? I would say probably number one is partnerships. So being able to start with no money, no resources, you have to be willing to give something in return for something. And honestly, to start off, you should be open to giving something for in return. So providing value to partners, for instance, I was giving deals to people and that's how I got my first deal done. So that's one, I think two is really taking risk. I still had a W-2 job when I was starting off and I got to the point where I actually had dinner with a couple friends of mine and he had just left his job maybe a year ago and he only had maybe a couple rentals, an Airbnb here and there. And I asked him, man, how are you doing what you do and how can I do that? And he said, Caleb, knowing you, I think you can take a leap of faith and you can figure it out, right? If you have a couple of months reserves in the bank, then you can figure it out. And that was eye-opening for me because I started with Bigger Pockets, which is a free resource. And I always thought I wanted my passive cash flow to outweigh my expenses, right? So if I had a thousand dollars of expenses, then I wanted a thousand dollars of cash flow before I would consider leaving my job. And but what he just told me, he said, I think you can just figure it out, man. And that was huge for me because in three months, I left my job and I've been job free for over almost a year now, but it's gone well. And something you said earlier is that's instilled fear in me, right? I don't want to go have to get another job because I just don't like having a job. So that's number two is really just stepping out and taking risk. And I think the third thing is understanding what you're getting into. And the reason for that is because you have investor capital at play. So I want to make sure the deal that I'm investing in is sound and that I'm presenting to other people is sound. And that goes for the market as well. Am I going to buy this 10 unit property in this tertiary market? Can I wholeheartedly sell that to an investor or do I just want an acquisition fee? And asking those questions and... Well, you bring up a good point, my friend, Caleb. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are in this business for the acquisition fee, which may or may not show up depends on if they raise all their money, right? And I see that. That's like, oh my God, I've seen this so many times with new investors. That's all they can think about. And the reason for that is I get it is you still need some capital to work and run your business, right? But at the same time, what you figured out too, and this is the real piece of that, is that, man, I'm telling you right now, Caleb, I've never seen anybody succeed doing something part-time, like well. 
right? There's a point, there's a pivotal moment. And I'm sure for you, if you think back, it's the moment you decided to, I, I'm going full time, that your business probably actually exponentially started to grow because you put yourself in a position of fear. And I've got to go to work, even though you're working for yourself, you're probably working more hours than you if you did if you worked a job. But you can control the time. That's the difference, right? You can just control. I can grind all day, but I still want to go tomorrow. I'm going to go climb this mountain or something, right? You control it, but it doesn't mean that you're working less. But I will tell you, and I'm telling you, it doesn't matter whether it's sports, business. If you look around, look at like, think about like Michael Jordan, right? It's the same thing. We have Michael Jordan in us, dude. Like it's that mentality as an entrepreneur. Once you go full time, you got to sell out to the ideal if you want to be successful. You don't go get $9 million worth of $10 million worth of commercial assets unless you've sold out to the idea. Caleb, you've done that, my friend. A little pat on the back. Because yeah. I had that 25. Praise God, man. And that 25. Yeah. Well, praise God. Let's talk about the future, right? So two things. I'll only give you two. That mistakes that you've made or things that you won't do again. Oh. We got to talk about yeah. that a little bit. I would say, so I'm an underwriter. And I think it's really important to have someone review your underwriting. And so being able to have a partner or an accountability partner or whatever that structure looks like to have someone else look at your underwriting. And without getting into too much depth, we had to back out of a $10 million property because of an error that I found in my spreadsheet. That was after we had negotiated a PSA for a month and wasted all this time. And so it was very frustrating on my end and the broker, the seller, my partners. So that's something that's very serious. Yeah, but the best deals are the ones you walk away from, Caleb. I promise you on this, right? So that's a blessing. You caught it. Caught it. He got out, right? Mm -hmm. But that's a great thanks for bringing that up too. And, and by the way, for everybody listening right now, I'm going to tell you right this. Believe this and take this to the bank. You can cash it. Brokers have short memories. They just have short memories, dude. You transact on anything with them. All sins are forgiven. You could have stopped and didn't back out on three deals, but the one you close, once you close, you are now elevated. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so they have short memories. And so if we know this, it's okay to ruffle some feathers along the way because that's very typical, by the way. We don't think it's typical, but it's very typical for brokers, mm -hmm. right? And you don't want to get the reputation of the guy backing out all the time. But it's okay if it happens. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world for you. You didn't stop you, did you? No. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. So many people are scared of that, of scared of making an error. But I'll guarantee you, you have to start somewhere, no matter what that is. Like, who cares? Like, so, man, this is the challenge with most people is they take this shit too seriously, right? I'm telling you, people are people are people, right? And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you got to tell people you're being an idiot. And sometimes you got to listen. Sometimes you make mistakes, but it is okay to not do it exactly how everybody thinks you're supposed to do it because you're doing it your way, you know, and you're going to make some mistakes along the way. And you got to give yourself permission to fail. That's how we learn. That's right. All right. So let's talk about the future, my friend, right? So when you're looking into your Cristobal, Caleb, right, at 25 years old, right, what's it look like? Wow. Are we talking about the market or? I want to see where you're at five years from now. That's what I want to know. Oh, that is a hard question to ask. I would say I value success with time. So we just talked about that earlier. How much time do you have? And I also want some income coming in at the same time. So if I'm spending my time in activities that I like, and I do really enjoy 
deal hunting and real estate and also mission trips and doing church events, spending time with friends and family. So making sure I have my time aligned and that I'm spending that time in things that I like to do and acquiring real estate offerings. So I think one mistake that I was going to say earlier was I've stayed in my box, meaning the apartment box. And right. I still invest in apartments, but we've seen a 50% decline in transaction volume compared to last year and the year before that. So I've been hitting the ground hard on apartments and now seeing the value and looking at other asset classes. Like what? Short-term rentals, yep. short-term rentals, student housing, mobile home parks, RV parks. So getting out of that box, and I think that's something that I can see in my future is investing in different asset classes. Or he's getting ready to play self-storage. I'm getting ready to play some Monopoly on self-storage. Are you? Yep. I just bought the domain kahunastorage.com. You can't get it. It's nice. mine. You're hearing it for your first. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to create a whole chain of them here in Phoenix. I already have the vision for it. I went hiking the other day. So yes, this is what I'm sharing. This is what I'm throwing out there to the universe, right? Because I was like, it's hard for me to buy here locally. Because the prices are so high, right? Right. And apartments. And it's just like, they're stupid money. But I think I can compete in self-storage. I think the price point makes sense for me. And I'm like, you know what? It's in my backyard. It's something I probably can do now. And I'm like, and I just made up the mind. I'm like, I'm going to learn this business because I need another different revenue stream. I'm already doing student. I'm already doing multifamily. But I think this is another one that I can do locally. That makes sense for my wheelhouse. And we're still going to go find multifamily deals as well. But I think it's another cog, another stream of income that's a little bit different, right? So I don't have all my eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. I think that's smart. We'll consider that smart, right? Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. I love that vision five years from now, right? And I will tell you, this is things you got to do, right? This is vision, like vision boarding, right? It's funny how when you really put yourself, the challenge for most of us, it's not that we don't dream. It's that we don't dream big enough, right? And so a lot of times when we put like a five-year goal, we'll put it too small. Believe it or not, you'll put it too small. So I would tell you to, to look at that, but I would definitely plan a one, or you call it a three, one, three, and 10, or one, five, and 10, right? And because you'll look back at that when you get there, you're like, oh, wow, we've come a long way. That's what has happened mm -hmm. for me. I would have never thought, if you would ask myself five years ago, where I'd be where I'm at, I'd be like, no, I'm much farther along, right? But now we have a five-year vision. Really, this is a 10-year. Our 10-year vision is to become a private family office. We're just using our own money all the time, right? The job is just to keep the family's money rolling. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? That's what I like about you, Corey, is that you're still teaching me stuff today. You know, you still think big and you just share with the world that you're going to start this self-storage <laughs> yeah, you're starting it and you have no experience in it, but you're going to start it and give it your all. Just like you, right? So this is a new asset class for me. So guess what I'm doing? I'm, right now, I'm just reading books. The first step I'll do is read books, right? Mm -hmm. Get myself somewhat knowledgeable about it, right? And I say read books. I'm listening to books because I don't read them anymore. <laughs> I like to listen to them. And then I'll read the ones that I feel like if it's really good on the audio, then I'll go back and look at it if there's diagrams and stuff like that, try to figure it out. But I've also identified two mentors that I'm going to mentor with as well. And by the end of the year, I'll have this thing pretty figured out where I can talk the language really well. And that's my goal is to have by one or two by the end of the year, right? And that's just because you make up your mind. You're like, that's what I want to do. I think that's a good idea. It makes sense. Let's do it. Let's execute. But challenge yourself to think big. And you'll be amazed when you do that. 
again, most of us, we think too small. And when you really put out, it's an amazing thing how your mind's powerful, guys. When you're listening right now, I'm just going to tell you, your mind is a super, super computer. And most people are, don't even have it turned on, okay? If not, a, turned on the monitor. Open your eyes and start looking at things a little differently. Turn the monitor on and let it compute. And if you set it up right and put your vision very clearly, what you want to achieve, you will start to try to achieve those things without even knowing it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that too is surrounding yourself with people that have what that is that you want. All of it, because yeah. it starts attracting. Once you set it up, you start finding those people. They start to find you. You start putting it in your life, and then it becomes more palatable. And all of a sudden, you're like, next thing you know, you're doing it. You didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to the listeners listening to this, I mean, that's what you guys are doing. You're here expanding your minds and really understanding that anything is possible. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. Caleb, thanks for helping us show that that is possible. At 25 years old, $9 million worth of commercial real estate is most people will not even see that in their lifetime, by the way. Right. And the story's not over. The ink's not dry for Caleb. Caleb is still writing his novel, his masterpiece of what he's going to do and how he's going to do it and the people that he's going to affect and the people that he's going to change. And my friend, I know because your heart's right, there's a lot of good in, in store for you. Right. And there's a lot of good that you're going to do on to others because that's just who you are. Thanks, Corey. I yep. see that in you too. So let's talk about a couple of things before we, as we close this thing up is books. I always like, so what have you been reading lately that's really kind of juiced you a little bit? Well, the first one that comes to mind, I'm in the middle of it now, is called Discovering the Mind of a Woman, which is actually a Christian based book. And so, it's a great book, talks about marriage and all of that. So that's a good one. I mean, on the business front, I love Atomic Habits. That book changed my life, just starting with habit stacking and not to really focus on the goal, but to focus on and make a goal of setting habits that get you that goal. So those are a couple I'm digging into and that I really like. Love it. All right. So I want you to look into when you first started, right? And just for everybody that's listening right now, what advice would you give yourself or what kind of advice would you want to give others that were in that's in their same similar position as you were three years ago? What would you tell them? Well, that you can start in commercial today, right? And also find out what you want and go after it, right? But actually define what you want your life to look like in five years and then do what's going to give you that. I think so many people, they get into these industries that they see these influencers and they just jump right into it, but without asking themselves, why do they want to do it? And I think people, I see people, they can waste two, five years of their life chasing this. And then once they get to the finish line, they're still unhappy and they haven't reached their goal. And so I think that's key to find how you want to live your life, what you want that to look like, and then do what you need to do to attain that. Yeah. Well, here's what I learned. And this is my life. This is my last lesson I'm going to talk about on this show today. But I believe you start with your personal life, right? Your vision, who you are. Like, in other words, how many vacations do I want to take? What hours do I want to work? When am I not going to work? And you set that as your primary, right? Am I going to the gym every day? And you get all that stuff focused on that this is a life that I'm going to live and I want to live it right now. Because a lot of us, believe it or not, can do that if we were to say, this is how I'm going to do it. And then 
what happens is if you get real solid on that, then you take your business and it has to fall in the cracks. There's no other way it works, right? And what I mean by that is, so in my calendar, if I was to bring it up and show it on the screen, you would see that I am time blocked, right? I don't start my day till nine o'clock. I wake up at five, I go to the gym, I usually go on a walk, but I don't get in the office till nine, right? I leave at, at four, right? At four o'clock, my day ends. In between there, I take an hour lunch. It's blocked. Can't No one can block and get me out of my lunchtime because I like that time for myself, right? And then on Fridays, it's completely blocked. It's take the day off, right? So I don't want work Fridays. And then I all our vacation time with family, with friends, all those things go on the calendar first. And then my business has to work around it. Has to. It's the only way it happens, guys. And that it took me a long time to get there, but it didn't. Once I decided that that's the way I was going to do it and played the game that way, after five o'clock, right? This is little things, guys. My phone. After five o'clock, if you called my phone, it goes to auto. It goes to do not disturb. I don't even know it rings. You can't find me, dude, unless you're in my favorites. That means your friends or family, right? Little hacks like that, but that's how you get your time. And most of us can have our time now. Just got to build it, right? So live it as you want now because the journey is the reward, not the end goal. It's the journey that really makes everything way more special to look back and say, what a great way to do it. I'm so glad the way I did it. I did it the way I wanted to do it. Like, can't think of the singer, but he said he did it my way. Gosh dang it. I know someone's going to be like, that's so-and-so. I should know. I want to say it's Bob Dylan, but I know it's not. I can't there think we of it. We're having, I'm having an Alzheimer's moment. All right, Caleb, listen, I want to thank you for coming on this show and sharing your vision, your goals, right? What else would you tell that person that, just give me one more bit of nugget. What would you tell the new person? To start sooner right? Start sooner. And that was my story. I started investing when I was 19, but start as soon as you can and look to add value to people. That is really how you grow the fastest. Right on. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on the show and being a positive impact. I think if guys, there is no excuse. I don't care what you have. If a 20, 19 year old starting, but 22, when he really found the commercial world, if he can do it and be successful, then I'm telling you, you have no excuses, right? It really is about mindset. And the difference for Caleb is he was in first gear and he shifted to second. He put his mind and actions into motion because he had a belief. And maybe I helped spark it on that one day that he really he was ready to receive and he got the information. And then the next thing is he took action. Guys, success doesn't happen by accidents. It really is predicated on belief. You got to put it in your mind first and see it because guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.